Amen. We are here to worship him, to give him praise, to give him thanks. As David said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. Well, this is our fourth week on the topic of walking with God. And... uh, We're going to be diving into a little bit more detail today about walking with God. Amen. And as I said in week one, this is a journey, not a destination. And a lot of people treat their walk as if it's a destination, you know. They've come, they've been baptized, and they think that's it. But no, that's just the beginning. This is a journey. Amen. Paul said that we, we go on to perfection. Amen. And so each each day we're going to get things to perfect us. And that means that there's going to be some, some things that we don't like that come into our life that are there to knock off some of the rough edges to, to perfect us. So today we're going to look, we're going to go really deep into walking with, with God. Amen. And our focus scripture has been taken from Genesis chapter 5 and 22. It said, And Enoch walked with God and he begat Methuselah, 300 years, begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That means he was raptured. Amen. Amen. That would be my my hope, that I'm walking with God, that I will be raptured. This world is just slowly going crazy. As I said What I taught on Tuesday night, you know, is happening right before our eyes. We we see that the weather is kind of getting wild worldwide. They've been hitting record temperatures. And, of course, just after I spoke about all the things that Jesus had had said, I heard that for the first time in 50 years that uh, there was a case of polio in New York. Polio. Uh, and they have no cure for polio. The only thing they can do for polio is vaccination. And something that they thought they had gotten rid of 50 years ago, they had a case of it. This is fulfilling what Jesus said is that there would be pestilences, earthquakes, wars, and famine. So we know that it's time, if you weren't walking with God, you need to get on that pathway. Amen. Now... Today I'm going to do a, 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 a real specific thing about walking with God. We quoted this scripture before, but I'm going to look at it in a lot more detail. It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, if there's someone you really disagree with all the time, you really don't really want to be around them, right? Because you know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Argument. And I hate arguments. I'd rather you win than me sit there and waste, waste time arguing with you. You know, there's a saying that says, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And so I've, I've kind of gotten off my Facebook soapbox because I realize it only makes me feel good. It probably doesn't change too many minds when I get on there and I, you know, say a bunch of stuff. So I, I haven't really been on my... Facebook soapbox for probably several months since I last said something uh, with a meaning that I was trying to aim at. So the Bible makes it clear that two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. So we're going to look at that part of walking with God this morning, being in agreement with him, being in agreement, because the Bible says we can't walk with him unless we are agreed. And I think many of us need to look at what agreement we have. <laughs> what agreement we really have. You know, maybe we are, we're in agreement when it's easy stuff, when it's stuff we like, but maybe we, we, we are hesitant to be in agreement when it's not something we like. But the Bible makes it clear that we have to be in agreement with him. He doesn't have to be in agreement with us. It's, it's, it's not that way. We have to be in agreement with him. The Bible says he does not change. So if we find that we're not in agreement with him, it's us that have to change, not God. God is not going to change. 
we're going to have to to change. We must be in agreement with him. Amen. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says this, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? What it's highlighting is that we can't be worshiping more than one God. Right? We can't really be worshiping more than one God. Um, They say women can can multitask. That may be true. But you cannot multitask God. (laughs) No, there's only one God you can worship at a time. Amen. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Uh, Someone who is filled with the Spirit cannot be simultaneously possessed. You know, that's not going to work. So be filled with the Spirit. Then you cannot be possessed. Because it's only when the house is empty that it can be filled with something that is not of God. But when it's filled with the Spirit, it cannot be possessed. So we're either in agreement with God or we're not. And to the degree that we're in agreement with God, that's the degree to how we can walk closely with Him. Amen? Verse 17, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Uh, Darkness and light just don't mix. Darkness, you either have darkness or you have light. You can't have both. You can't. It's either light is shining or light is not shining. You cannot have both. So we must walk in agreement with him. He is not going to walk in agreement with us. But we have to be in agreement with him. So we're going to look at what some of the things Jesus said that we're supposed to be in agreement with. And we're going to look and see, are we in agreement with those things, right? Are we in agreement with those things? You know, people sometimes get up and they say a lot, a lot of stuff and they say, well, I agreed with this, but I didn't agree with that. But with, with God, we have to be 100% in agreement with him because that's what Amos says, that two cannot walk together unless, unless they agree. And so we're going to look at what Jesus, some of the things that Jesus said. Actually, if you look at the whole New Testament, Jesus himself specifically was very careful in what he said. Very careful in what he said. Um, and I'm not going to go into it tonight. Maybe on a Bible study night, I'll go into to more detail. So we're going to look at what things are we supposed to agree on so that we can walk with God. Number one, John 14, 15 says what? If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. So we're going to look at some of his commandments. Verse 21 says, he that, keep, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. So the first thing he told us is, if we're going to walk with him, we're going to have to keep his commandments. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He's going to manifest, he's going to show up, in other words. That word manifest means to, to make plain, to, to, to display. When something is manifested, it's not a secret, you know it. So what Jesus is saying is, if you keep my commandments, I will show up. I will make myself plain in your life. The reason sometimes we are struggling to, to find Jesus is because we haven't loved him and kept his commandments. We do it partially, right? We do it. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I, I'm not perfect. I don't keep his commandments perfectly. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I'd have been taken out like Enoch, right? But to the degree that we do, that's how close we can get. You know, sometimes we pray and we wonder why the prayer is not being answered. It's because we're not walking with him. We're a mile away. It's like me going up to uh, somebody rich and famous and saying, can I have some money? They're going to say, who are you? (laughs) Do I know you? (laughs) Right? We need to be known of God. When when some some other disciples try to cast out demons, demons said, we know Paul, we know Peter, but who are you? 
It's because obviously they weren't walking with Christ. And that's why we, we wonder why we don't get our prayers answered. We're going to look at being in agreement today. Verse 23 says this, Jesus has answered and said unto me, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. That's what I said. You'll be walking in agreement. You'll be walking in agreement. So to the degree that we can be in agreement. Now, there may be some things we agree about, but we're not keeping. Right? And God understands that. It's, he's looking at the intent of your mind. He knows we're still in this flesh. We're going to mess up. We're going to fail. Amen. But to the extent that we are in agreement, it's our desire. Paul in Romans says that many times when I want to do good, I don't end up doing it. You know, because my flesh fights me. He says there's a law of the flesh that is fighting. But our intent as Christians should always be to do the right thing. We should always wake up every morning and say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to please you today. Amen. So if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. Should I tell you something? I think the secret between David and Saul was that David really loved God. Now, he was far from perfect. He did some terrible things. But on the, but on the bottom line, he knew he was wrong. He was not proud when he was confronted. Why? Because he loved God. When you love somebody and you've done them wrong, you'll be, you'll be quick to, I'm sorry. I know I messed up. I know I hurt you. Right? Saul was not like, and, and though he did less on paper than David, he found no place of repentance. See, that's the difference. We may mess up, and we will because we're in this flesh, but if inside here somewhere there is a love to try and please God, we will make it. We will continue. We will repent. Matthew 28, 20. After the resurrection, one of his final commands to his disciples was this, teaching them to observe. And people get that mixed up and they think that means observe like to look. No, he wasn't saying look at what I've said. He's really saying obey what I've said. When you observe the traffic lights, as I said, what does it mean? When it's red, you stop, and when it's green, you go. You don't just look at it when it's red and keep going through. No, you observe means to obey in this case. Teaching them to obey all things whatsoever I have commanded. Now, you can go and do a, a, a Google search, and you'll find, actually, that Jesus did not really say a lot of commands, really, if you think about it. If you look at all four Gospels, there's probably only about 30-something things, specific things that he said that we were to do. And we're, gonna look at, we're not going to look at all of them because we wouldn't have the time today. So it comes down to this. If you're going to walk in agreement, you are going to keep his commandments. The closer you're going to walk, the more you're going to... Because then you'll be walking with him instead of against him, Right? If he loved me, keep my commandments. So the question today is, are we in agreement? We all say we want to walk with God. We all want to be like Enoch. But if you look at those Bible characters, to the best of their ability, they try to obey. Abraham, lever of the Chaldees. Now, Abraham didn't obey perfectly. He left, but he took all his family with him. But eventually, after about 17, 18 years... He finally was by himself. Sometimes it takes God that long to just get us to the place where we're really listening. Isn't that a shame? Because we've delayed our own blessing. We've delayed, we've put off what God, the relationship. I look back on my life and I, and I think, Lord, I'm terrible because I could have been doing so much more for you earlier on. I, I avoided trying to do anything for God. I didn't become a pastor until I was 53. Um, I avoid, I ran away from, from trying to do it because I didn't want it. I didn't want the, 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 the responsibility, you know. But I look back and I say, Lord, I, I, I feel guilty because maybe there was more, there was people I could have reached or something, you know, but I, I'm doing the best I can now. Amen. That's what God wants us to do is to do the best we can. If you can stand before him and say, Lord, I did the best I can, I could. Then God will accept that. And that's the question. Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement with what Jesus commanded? Okay.
Let's look at this. He said that we got to walk in the light. Now, light can mean many things. It can mean truth, right? It can mean direction. That's why they have lighthouses, right? So as ships at sea know the direction not to go because over there is some rocks. The Bible, and we quoted it last time, thy word is a lamp. It's to show us direction. If we're walking in agreement, the first thing we'll, we'll need to know is what things are we supposed to be agreeing with? And so we go to the word. We go to the lamp so it can show us direction and see if we're lining up or if we've gone off on a different, different path. Ephesians 5, 8 says, says this, For you were sometimes darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That means to the best of our ability, if we're going to be in agreement, we should be walking in truth. In truth. That means we, we need to find out what it is is the truth that God wants in our life. First John 7, 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship. Remember what I'm saying? We can only walk if we're in agreement. Now, I'll be honest. There's a lot of people uh, you don't get on with, and so you avoid them. Right? Because of what I said, you don't want an argument. Because, you know, every time you two get together, it gets to be in an argument. You don't understand how it works out that way, but it is. And the reason is because you're not in agreement. We don't want to be found arguing with God because we will not win that fight. We want to be in agreement with God. Amen. The the best thing is when we're in agreement with God. In fact, as I've said before, the strongest prayer is, is called the prayer of agreement. When we're in agreement, then our prayers are multiplied. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. When we're in agreement, when, when we believe what God has said, we may not be able to 100% do it all the time, but when we believe it, the Bible says that grace is extended. Then the blood of Jesus cleanseth us from all sin. Amen. So now let's look at some of the things that Jesus said. Can you think of some of the greatest things? What would be the greatest thing that you think Jesus said that we should be in agreement with? Anybody? Love. Yes, love. Now, are we in agreement with that? (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. I was in a, over the weekend, I went into a JJ's fish and chicken. And this young guy walks in there, you know, and my flesh was saying, man, you know, my flesh was already judging him and in condemnation because of the way he was dressed with his pants down here. You know, he looked the, the typical thug on the phone, didn't care who, you know, saying his stuff, being a bad something. I won't. And immediately in my mind, my mind was already condemning. I looked in his pocket there. He had his gun ready to do whatever. And immediately in my mind, I I was mentally shaking my head and going. And then, you know, something checked me. And I did what I told you I do when I I want to uh, not be thinking that way. I had to think, you know, at one point, this guy was a little baby. And the reason why he is the way he is is, is is probably into the circumstances he was born. If he'd been born in a, a different circumstance, I don't know his story, but, you know, in a family that loved God, and he, he'd be a different person. So why am I judging him? That's what I had to do. God's strongest command, Jesus' greatest command, was love, not condemnation, Right? So walking in agreement means that we are going to have to first love. First, the love is to God. That's the highest command. Mark 12, 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Now this is where the walking in agreement part gets tough. You've got to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. 
So if you're going to be walking in agreement to the extent you can, you can fulfill that. Now, the truth is, and I said this before, nobody can fulfill that. Because Jesus said that that was the sum total of the, the law. So if you could have 100% fulfilled that, you mean, that means you could have kept the law. You wouldn't have needed Jesus. But that was the goal. The law was to show us what it needed to be. If we are going to do it through our own flesh, then you got to love God 100% with your heart, 100% with your soul, 100% with your mind, and 100% with all your strength. Now, he said that that is the sum total of the law and the prophets. The truth is nobody could do it. But that was the goal. That was the commandment. That's still what we're supposed to be aiming for. But the difference is now, Jesus fills in the gaps. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now that's a hard one. We can love God or we can say we love God. And he says, yeah, you say that because you can't see me. (laughs) But yet you claim to love your neighbor who you can see, but you don't really love them. You don't, as I said, I had to check myself because as soon as this guy came in and I looked him up and down, I was already, I was already labeling him in my mind, you know, as loser, whatever, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I'm just confessing. I'm just confessing, right? But I had to check myself and I, and I had to say, you know, God loves this young man. If there was some way he had been born somewhere, I could have been him. I just had to be born in different. We can't look down on people. That's why he says this. The second commandment, if you're going to walk in agreement, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And of course, because they didn't want that, they said, well, who is my neighbor? (laughs) Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus had to tell them the story of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, who they hated, who who they didn't get on with. And you, you know the whole story. I'm not going to go into it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. But that's probably not what we think of when we think of commandments from God, right? Because he said, this is how they shall know that you're my disciples. When you do what? <laughs> it's hard. That's a hard one because there's a lot of people you don't want to love. Right? Am I the only one? Sure. That's what you got to do. You got to overcome it. You got to you got to see those people as how Jesus sees them. And the way I see them is as a baby. Who hates babies here? Come on now. Anyone hate hate a baby? That baby could turn out to be a monster, but while they're a baby, they're so innocent. Right? And that's what I try and do. I, I think about when that person was born and they were helpless and a baby and that they needed love. Maybe they didn't get it. That's why they are the way they are today. See, God's highest commandment, if we're going to walk in agreement, is to try and love. And, and that's something you have to work, work on every day because 90, well, I won't say 90%. There's some percentage of people that uh, in the flesh you're going to find hard to love. Maybe they've hurt you. Maybe they've been just so mean and vicious. But when we look in the Old Testament, we see God's love demonstrated despite how some people were wicked. And of course, probably the greatest example in the Old Testament is Manasseh, right? Who took his children and offered them for sacrifice. He killed all of, God, all of the priests. He, he, he polluted the temple, put up images to pagan gods. You'd think God would just go, psh, strike him dead with, with a lightning bolt. But God is sovereign and he decided to show Manasseh grace. And here's the thing. Manasseh responded. He repented. He repented. You know, when I think about him, it just shows you how God's grace is so good that, you know, many of us think, oh, well, God can't forgive me. It's you who can't forgive you. It's you who can't forgive you. God is willing to forgive if there is a true heart of repentance. Jesus, when he was being nailed on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
You know, I think the greatest temptation, if I was Jesus, would just be to just, lightning bolt, you're gone. (laughs) Right? I mean, if we had God-like powers, there'd be a lot less people in the world, wouldn't there? We'd just go, you're gone. You you looked at me cross-eyed, you're gone. (laughs) Lightning bolt, like last night, right? I'd gotten rid of a dozen people last night. God has called us to love the people that we don't love. It says here, this is the greatest. If you're going to walk in agreement, I need to keep going here. The scribe said, well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. God will have great mercy upon you when you have mercy upon your enemy. Did you know that? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So to walk with God, you must love. It's not an option. You can't walk with God with hate and bitterness. You're in a different direction. You're in a different place. Let's break those things down. What does it mean loving God with all your heart? It means with your emotions. If you're going to love God, love, first of all, is an emotion. It's not, it's not just a clinical word. It's an emotion. It's more than emotion, but certainly emotion is part of it. It's more than, it's a commitment, but it's also emotion. When you truly love, it's, it's going to move you, right? When you see that person you love and you haven't seen, it's, there's something in you. They say your heart's going to beat faster. Because we got to love God from our emotion as well. That's why we have emotions, because they're some of our strongest motivators, right? When you love someone, you don't care how much it costs. They want to buy this, okay. If it was someone else, what? Who do you think I am made out of? <laughs> right? Right? But when it's someone you love, it's like, because certainly if it's with you, and you want something, it doesn't matter if it costs 200 you're going to go get it. Because you love you. And you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Are we still walking in agreement? <laughs> Trying. Amen. Amen. So, so loving with all your heart. Your heart was represented as the center of your emotions. And the next thing was all your soul. And that means with a, your inner self. It means sometimes with our flesh, we may not end up doing what we, but we should have in our inner man, Paul says in Romans 7, that therefore I serve God with my inner man, meaning he intended to do the right. He didn't start out planning to to hate people. means loving with with an inner love, something that's not superficial. You can admire someone or you, you see someone beautiful, oh, they look good, but that's not, that's shallow. Because that's not going to last. See them in 20 years. See if they look the same. Do you still love them? If you don't, it was just an outside fleshly love. It wasn't you're loving them for themselves. And what, when it says you love them with your soul, it's, it's a spiritual level of love. The next one, with your mind. That means also we need to be able to understand God. And if you understand God, you love him more. Because I realize all the miracles he's done for me. Amen. So we have to love God with our heart, with our soul that's in our love, and also with our understanding. That's why we come to church. So when we get the word, we start to understand what God has done for us. And that inspires us to love him. To walk with God truly, you must love God. And then love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. Amen. Loving with all your strength means with loving with all your abilities. In the Greek, if you look up that word, that's what it means. With all your abilities. What is God? What gifting has God given you? Like I know some of you, you're just good with, with people. Right? Brother Joe's just good with people. I like that. Amen. Loving God with all your abilities. Right? That's what that is. So when you combine, combine that, that's a, that's a tall order. That was the, Jesus said that would be the fulfillment of the law if you could have done it. And we should be striving to complete that in Christ and he will fill the gaps. John twenty one fifteen says, so when they had dined, 
Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? You know what had happened? After the resurrection and Jesus had ascended, they kind of got lost. So you know what happens to us a lot of times? We go back to what we're familiar with. So after three and a half years with Jesus, seeing all the miracles and stuff, guess what they go back doing? They go back to fishing. I'm sure that hurt Jesus. You know, when we go back to where, where he found us and we're still doing the same thing that he called us from. But he loved so much that he did not give up. He met them on the shore, cooked breakfast for them. And then he called Peter over and he said, Simon Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? There's a Bible scholar that says every time Peter messed up, he called him Simon. (laughs) You'll notice that. It's true. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan desired to sift you as wheat. (laughs) When he was being strong, he called him Peter. (laughs) Simon Peter, so this must have been halfway. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Well, then use what I called you to do. If we're walking in agreement and we declare we love God, then it's going to show. If I say I love you and you have no evidence but my words, that's not much, is it? There's going to be some evidence that, that you have a love or your heart. Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. If you say to God, I love you, he may say, okay, show me. Show me. I remember when I was like two or three or four, and my mother would say, I love you. And I would say, how much? And she would say, this much and this much and this much. She'd open her arms wide. And I've never forgotten that. God is asking you the same thing. How much do you love me? Is it just this much? This much? He loved us. He showed his love. It says, greater love hath no man than this, than a man would lay down his life. So, to walk with God, and I'm sorry for beating this, but this is the the greatest commandment Jesus said. You have to love God, and then you have to love people. Loving God, we think, is easy because we can't see him. But he says, if you can't love someone you can't see, How can you claim to love me who you can't see? And we have to work at that because many times I'll go to pray and I'll say, okay, is there anyone that I, do I have anything against anyone? And at first I can't think of anybody. But if I think long enough, (laughs) I have to think. At first I'll say, my flesh will say, no, no. You don't hate anybody. You love everybody. You're, you're Mr. Perfect. You don't, you, you don't. But if I think long enough, I'll have to say, question my motives. Well, you did kind of, you did kind of avoid them. You do avoid them when you see them. You don't, you don't really talk with them very much. It's not that I hate them, but I'm just weary, you know, careful. Uh, I, I don't want to get into any kind of anything, so, so I have to pray about that. This is the challenge if you're going to walk in agreement with God. And then, of course, as I said, you've got to love your enemies. This is the hard one. You have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. In the Old Testament, that was how it was. But I say unto you, see, Jesus was so contrary they must have, they must, he must have blown their minds. But I say, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. When was the last time you blessed someone who cursed you? Come on now. <laughs> when, you, when last did you pray a blessing on someone who cursed you? See, this is, reason why I'm teaching this is because I'm trying to tell you how you can walk in agreement. Tonight, before you go to bed, Pray for someone who you know hates you. Ask God's blessing on their life. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despite. That's got to be so hard. Despitefully use you and persecute you. So that ye may be children of your father. Because that's what Jesus did. Which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. As I said, if I was God, there'd be so many less people in the world. But that's not him. He still lets those horrible, mean people that we don't like live every day. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven perfect. We're going to walk in agreement. We have to love our enemies. In fact, we should, we should pray for them first. Ooh. Pray for them first. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something? I, th- I think it would do something to our hearts. It would change us if we started to pray. Honestly, Lord, bless that person. Change their nature. Lord, open their eyes. Let them see love. Wouldn't that be something? You know, as I said, I, when that guy walked in, I had to check myself because immediately I had put him in a box. That's how he is. But I had to change and say, that God loves him just as much as he loves you. He's just had different circumstances than you. You know? He's had, if he wasn't on the phone, I'd have given him a car, but he was on the phone the whole time. I couldn't interrupt him. Be therefore perfect as you. This is walking in agreement. Walking with God is also putting him first. <laughs> Matthew six thirty three, But seek ye first. This is, I'm going through some of the commands that Jesus said. Remember he said, the last thing he said was teaching them to obey whatsoever I've commanded you. So now we're going through some of the specific things that Jesus said we were to do. Then we can walk in agreement. He said this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This is a hard one. Take no thought Take therefore no thought for, to, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's why when they asked him to teach, teach them to pray, he said, give us this month our monthly bread. <laughs> give us this year all we need right now. <laughs> That's not what he said, is it? No. He said, give us this day our daily bread. That's hard for us to stick to that, isn't it? Because we, we're thinking about, well, what about I'm going to do on Friday? I'm going to do this. You know, I need to take care of this. That's hard. But, of course, it's faith. It's faith. It, this tells us that there's sometimes when we, we say, Jesus, you keep walking there. I'll, I'll go this way. I'll meet you when we get over there. We skip some parts of walking in agreement because it's faith. It takes faith to just pray for what you need today. Right? And I used the illustration many years ago of a baby. When a baby is nursing and the mother gives them the breast, they don't say, well, what about next week? If I drink this now, what are you going to do next week? (laughs) Can you imagine a baby behaving like that? I can't drink this. What's going to happen tomorrow? (laughs) That's why one of God's titles is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Or, or they say it means many-breasted. A baby doesn't say, but mama, I need it. I'm going to need more next week. What are you going to do then? <laughs> no, all the baby does is take what's given now and is happy. You think they're wor- worrying what's going to happen in t- even two hours? No. That's why he says we have to become converted and be as a little... Ch- now, that's, that's not easy when you become an adult because we look at... Next week, well, let me see how much I got now. Man, don't know how this, you know, and we, we start to worry and fret. Here's a command of Jesus. Take, therefore, no thought for the morrow. What he's saying, he's not saying just be careless, but what he's really saying is do not worry. Are you my child? Are you walking with me? Are you in the boat with me? 
Do you really believe the boat would have sunk with Jesus in the boat with them on the... No, the boat was not going to sink. No matter how bad the storm was, the boat was never going to sink. It was impossible. It was, remember, I taught how, how he was actually supernaturally keeping them alive. Nobody could have touched them while they were with him. And that's all you have to remember. While you're walking with him, you are supernaturally protected. The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him, that reverence him. You are supernaturally protected. As long as you're with him, there is nothing going to happen to you. There's nothing going to happen to you. It's when we, we, we walk and decide to take, hey, Jesus, this, this path of the park looks a bit rough. I'll, I'll meet you over the other side. I, I got a shortcut. And it is, it is hard. It is hard. I'm guilty of that sometimes to, to, to worry and, and, and say, well, okay, we got this coming up and there's this to be fixed. And I'm human, but our goal is to trust God. Amen. Let me give you an example. Luke 21.1. And he looked up. This was Jesus. He was in the temple. And saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And of course, they were giving a lot. And he saw also a certain poor widow. Casting either two mites. And he said, of a truth, I say unto you, all this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she, of her penury, of, of her little, has cast in all the living that she had. Think about that. Think about that. But you know what? I, I absolutely believe that God provided for her. You know why? Jesus saw it. Jesus is seeing how we live and where our situation is. You can trust him. Okay, so now we've gotten past the love and putting God first. What do you think is the next command that he, one of the commands that he, to, he said? He said lots of commands, so come on, throw some out at me. What would be the next most important thing that he told Nicodemus? That's right. Walking with God is being born again. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Now, it's interesting it says Jesus answered because Nicodemus hadn't actually asked him anything. Not out loud. Jesus must have saw what he was thinking. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Walking with God is being born into the family. So you can't really truly, you can walk along you know, strangers can walk along the pavement going in the same direction, but they don't know each other. They're not related. They're not going to talk much. Right? They just happen to be going for a time in the same direction. But when you're born into the kingdom of God, you become family. You become kin. Right? You, you are part of the, the heavenly family. Jesus answered, Verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, cannot enter the kingdom. And of course, this was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, which you all know. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now that's a powerful scripture. I was listening to <laughs> Joel Osteen. And uh, <laughs> well, God loves him too. Amen. And he's, he was telling a story about Acts 2.38. He said, <laughs> you heard it? <laughs> and he said, there was this old widow woman and, uh, at night and some, a thief broke into her a house. And uh, it was dark and everything. So she didn't know what to say. So she just screamed out, Acts 2.38. And the thief, he, he froze. And she called the police. When the police came and, and got him, they said, uh, so how come you, this, this old woman, you didn't run? Or she, he said, well, she said she's got an axe and two thirty-eights. <laughs> and so I stopped right still. 
I told you it's a powerful scripture. <laughs> she got an axe in 238, so I just kept still. <laughs> See, you can learn something from Joel Osteen. I hope uh, the one thing, the funny thing, he probably doesn't use Acts 2 and 38. Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. That means we have to be born again if we're going to walk with God. Because God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So unless we are born again, we're not walking as close as God would like us to. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now that sounds a harsh scripture, but it's what Jesus said. He says if you don't have the spirit, you don't belong to him. You don't have the protections. You're not in the family. As hard as that may, there is only one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the light. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. You can't get to God through Confucius, through Buddhism, through the Quran, through any other thing, because Jesus himself said, No man cometh to the Father but by me. I am the door to the sheepfold. If anyone tries to get in another, another way, he is what? And then he needs the axe and the 238s. <laughs> If you try and break into the sheepfold, you're going to need the axe and the 238s. Amen. That's what you're going to need because you're a thief and a robber. The only way to God and the only way to walk in agreement is that we have to be born again. That's what it says. But if ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if so be if the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ... He is none of his because ultimately God is a spirit. And the Bible says that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So now I'm going to throw out a few other ones that Jesus said. I've talked about this before. He said this, judge not that he be not judged. I was doing that. Now what it really means, does it mean you can't call a spade a spade? No, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying, don't pronounce the judgment. You can call a spade a spade, but you don't have the right to say where that person's going to end up. You cannot pronounce sentence, right? You, you can, if something is there plain as day, uh, this scripture is not saying you can't declare it, but you cannot say that person's going to burn in hell. That's not your call, right? That's not your call. It's God's call. He is the judge. That's what it means when he says, do not judge. It means do not condemn. We taught about that before some years ago, the three Ks, crisis, crino. That's where we get the word criminal from in the Greek. We don't have the right to be the judge. We can call out sin and say, that's, that's wrong. But we can't say, you know, you're burning in hell because that's God's call. Judge not that he be not judged. Because what, whatever judgment... He judge, he shall be judged, and with what measure he meet, it shall be measured to you again. That's why Jesus said, he that was out without sin, cast the first stone. If, if you are so perfect and got no sin, cast the first stone. And although I made, I made up that story about what he was writing, I, it, 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 the more I, I tell it, the more I believe it's so, because the Bible says that he started to write, and then the oldest, starting at the oldest, took off. So something he was writing scared them away. I just think he was telling on them stuff. Oh, yes. Albert was down by the, by the pub when he met this woman, and Albert took off. He didn't want to see anymore. And at the end, it was only him and the lady. Now, he wasn't approving of her sin. He wasn't approving of her sin. He didn't say, that's fine, you did nothing wrong. He said, he said go that way, but sin no more. So... We are not to, to be condemning in the sense of pronouncing judgment. You're going to burn in hell. No. We cannot say that. We're not God. What we can say is repent. 
That's the message that we're told. Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Walking in agreement is actually taking God's words. Or how will you say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own. Right? I got a big log in mine, and I'm saying, wait a minute, let me help you here. <laughs> a lot of times when I'm going to help my wife do things that is, you know, fine. Where she says, have you got your contacts in? Have you got your glasses on? She won't let me touch her like that, you know, because she don't trust me. Like if I'm going to do something with her here, she said, can you see? I said, of course I can see. She says, no, you don't have your, she wants to make sure that I'm seeing what I'm going to do. I said, don't you trust me? She said, no, you go put on your glasses. Go, go put in, because you know, a lot of us, we're trying to help somebody else. And, and we, we, we are ourselves feeling around. We need, we need some help. <laughs> Walking in agreement is making sure that we're not judgmental. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we cannot say that's wrong. But what we can't say is because it's wrong, you're doomed. You're never going to be saved. No, that's not our call. We can identify sin and we're called to do that. Otherwise, we cannot preach against wrongdoing. But we can't say, you're so bad, you'll never be saved. No, we're not God. We don't have that right. Walking in agreement means that we are humble in our walk. We understand that we too have faults. We, we too have failures. And it's only by the grace of God that I can stand here. Amen? Walking in agreement is walking in trust. Here's another thing Jesus said. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Again, that's all about trust, right? Anyone want to come and sit in my invisible chair? <laughs> you don't trust me? <laughs> you know why? Because you're walking by sight. <laughs> you can't see my chair. See? But... See, that's our reaction to God. He says, come and sit in my chair. We all look as if he's crazy, right? Now, I might not be able to make this chair work, but God can if he, if he chooses to. He says, underneath are the what? He's the one who's holding me up. I told you the, the only reason I can walk on water is because he's told me, come. If he tells you, come, you can get out your boat in a storm. That's what he's saying. Walking in agreement is trust because sometimes the path don't look so good. Right? You ever seen these rickety um, rope bridges that cross rivers and stuff and things look, you know, what's it? Raiders of the Lost Ark type stuff. Sometimes our Christian path looks like that. And you may not even see Jesus, but he's there. So walking in agreement is also walking in trust. Isn't that what David said? You leadeth me in righteousness. And then he goes on to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's trust. There's a valley in Israel called the Valley of Elah. That's where Israel was camped. And the giant Goliath was over there shouting. David probably remembered that scene when he penned Psalms 23. Where for 40 days nobody dared go up against Goliath because he was this giant. Sometimes Satan will dare you to come and walk through some of the direction you have to go. Sometimes he'll dare you to, to, to go through that valley. Walking in agreement is walking in trust. You're going to have to trust God because, you know, as I said, the Bible doesn't say thy word is a big old floodlight. You can't see the whole way. And maybe if we did see the whole way, we'd get scared. We'd go, whoa, I'm not going down there. So he only gives us the next step. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. 
And walking with God is pure trust. Abraham, I want you to leave your family, your nice house and everything, everything you got set up, your comfortable life. I want you to go on a, a journey through this country you've never been to, don't know anyone. Just keep going and I'll tell you when to stop. Abraham eventually did so. The Bible said he sought a city whose maker didn't have hands and feet. That was walking totally by, and that's why God blessed him and called him the father of faith because he trusted God. He had this testimony. Walking with God means going into some places. You can't see what the end is. You can't see your way out. It's total trust. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Walking with God is trusting that there is a chair there when you can't even see it. And if you go by your eyes, you won't, you won't try. You won't sit down. You'll go, I can't see. I'm not going to go down there. Walking with God is a walk of faith. The Bible says we walk not by, right, but by faith. It's believing, first of all, that God loves you. And if you truly believe God loves you, you know he's not going to take you through where he can't preserve you and take you all the way through. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Many times we're carrying all these burdens ourselves because we don't trust. It says, and I will give you rest. And all of us, I'm guilty of this too. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I mean, right now I can think of things that I'm concerned about that I, I really need to give to God because they're out of my control. Right? Many times there's and it's to do with people most of the time, because people you don't have control of. The only person you have any control of is you. You cannot control somebody else, right? And many times we worry about things we cannot control. That's what he's saying. Come unto me, trust me, because I love you. And if you, if you believe that, then you, will, you just hold on to his hand. You'll, you'll take the path, amen? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. As I said, walking in agreement, and we've, we've done a very deep dive today about walking with God, and we've, we've gone through a lot of things. Walking in agreement, of course, too, is also walking in humility. Matthew 20, verse 25, But Jesus called unto them and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever shall be great among you, let him be your servant. That's what minister means. People think it means preacher, but it really means servant. Servant. You want to be a minister, you, you be a servant. What you're asking for is to be a servant. Are you willing to, 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 to serve others, to help others? Is that what you're willing to be? Because that's what it is. Paul called himself a bond slave. <laughs> Instead of bishop and great potentate. <laughs> The greatest name you could be called by God is servant. Not bishop, not pastor, not preacher, nothing. If God calls you his servant, ooh, that's something. Isn't that what he said about Job? Hast thou considered my servant? Can God speak about you in that way? Because you know about a servant, a servant doesn't tell the master what to do. A servant just says, yes, master, what do you want? What can I do? Right? As I've said so many times in our prayer, suppose we, we reverse the prayer and say, Lord, I'm here this morning to do whatever you want me to do. What can I do for you, Lord? That'd be a powerful prayer. Instead of asking God for stuff, we're going to show up and say, Lord, I'm your servant today. Command me. Tell me what you want me to do. That's walking in agreement. But instead, we tell God what we want him to do. Lord, we, I need you to do this. I need you to give me this. I need you to open this. Matthew twenty twenty five. But Jesus called, unto, called them unto him. Because they were, they were wanting to know who's going to be the greatest. Man, he called me first. I'm, I'm greater than you. I've been in this 25 years. <laughs> I was there when they wrote the Bible. Nobody saved me. I had a vision directly in a cave. 
He said, you know the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your servant. Amen. Can you be a servant? And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. And he made that clear on the night of his arrest when he started to wash their feet. The God of this universe started to wash his creation's feet. Can you think about that? He left heaven, the throne of heaven, and came to earth and started to wash his disciples' feet. Whosoever will be, this is, walk, this is truly walking with God, is humility and becoming a servant. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered, not to be served, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That is walking with God. These are just some of the things that Jesus said. He said over 30-something things, I think not more than 40 things that you can, you can say are explicit commands. But he said this is what we're to teach, to observe, and to follow so that we end up in agreement. That's how we can be. Are you in agreement with some of these things? Now, I may not be able to fulfill them 100%, but I agree with this is my, this is what I aspire to. This is what I want to be able to say, Lord, I did my best. I tried to walk in agreement with you. The Bible says that therefore we won't come into condemnation. He came to be a servant. Humility is part of walking this pathway. Loving our enemies is path of, is part of walking this pathway. Amen. Loving our neighbors as ourselves is part of walking this pathway. See, it's not like Old Testament where you, you could, you could kill your enemies, you know. You scratch my back and I, I rip yours apart. An eye for an eye and a tooth for, no, we're not called to that. Jesus said if you're, if he asks for your coat, you give him your cloak as well. Now that's hard. Because our nature is not to turn the other cheek. Now, he's not saying you, you let every single person walk over you. But the Bible is saying a soft answer turneth away wrath. As Christians, we should not be the first one to be, you know, throwing the first punch and throwing darts and all of that kind of stuff. No. No. If we're walking in agreement, we'd be like Jesus. The Bible said he answered Pilate not a word. Don't you know that I have the power to release you? Don't you know I have the power to set you free? And he says, well, there would be no power except it was given to you. If we have trust of God, he is going to be able to say, hast thou considered my servant? He has given us so many exceeding great and precious promises. You don't have to be like the old woman and say you have an ax and two thirty-eights, but <laughs> you still have the Holy Spirit and the power of God can move in your life. Amen? The power of God can move in your life. If you could stand with me, we're going to finish a little bit early. Now, they won't be uh, finished downstairs, so I'm going to ask that you don't go downstairs till, till 11.30. But we're going to finish a little early. Amen? Um, but I hope you have been blessed by this. We have one more week. We took a deep dive in, in walking in agreement. So I hope this, some of this will stick with you. Amen. That we have to be, first of all, love our neighbor. We have to love God with our whole heart. We have to walk in humility. Amen. We have to be born again. We have to show the fruit of the Spirit. Because this is how we'll be walking in agreement. And if we walk in agreement, then we have fellowship. That's what the scripture says. Then we have fellowship with him. Amen. And then we can ask. As I said, if I went up to Jeff Bezos and said, can I have $500? He'd say, who are you? Do I know you? But you know what? I don't even have to ask God that. He already knows what I need. And he will provide daily bread. Daily bread. And he does that. Amen. He is an awesome God. And he can never fail. If we walk with him in faith believing, if we will trust him, if we will keep our faith in him, hallelujah, 
The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. We're going to close this Bible study today. And next week we'll be ending the month on walking with God. But I hope you have been blessed by this theme of walking with God and learning what it is to be in agreement with him. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you for your greatness and your love. Lord, we humbly come before you. Help us, I pray, to walk in your footsteps, Lord, to walk in agreement with you, to learn your ways, Lord God, to have your words inside of us, Lord Jesus, to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Lord, we thank you today for your grace and your covering, Lord Jesus. We ask, Lord God, that you bless our second service, Lord, that there will be an anointing, Lord God, that the Spirit, Lord God, will have liberty to move, to touch, to bless, to lift us up. We give you all the praise and the glory, and we give you the thanks that you deserve in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.